Hey, what's up? This is Gustavo Arellano. Every Friday, we're turning over the mic to one of my awesome LA Times colleagues. And today, we welcome Latin American correspondent Kate Linthicum. She's already made three appearances on the Times for a reason. Kate's dispatches are always smart, essential, and always just surprise me. Kate's a total chingona. That means she's a badass, folks. I'm Kate Linthicum. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today is Friday, July 16th, 2021. Last month, El Salvador's president made a historic announcement. He said his country would be the first in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender. That means that come September, Salvadorans will be able to pay bills and taxes in Bitcoin and that all businesses will be required to accept the digital currency, from McDonald's to the fruit vendor on the corner. Like a lot of people, I was kind of shocked. El Salvador is one of the poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. It's struggled for years to fight gang violence and curb migration and provide even basic services like clean water. Changing the entire financial system to include Bitcoin, a complex, controversial digital currency, seemed risky. So in June, I booked a flight to El Salvador. I wanted to understand how this odd marriage had come about and where the idea came from in the first place. And that's how I ended up talking to Mike Peterson. Okay, and just put it kind of right next to my microphone. Mike, is that, or do I need to hold it up? Peterson is a California surfer whose search for the perfect wave brought him in 2005 to El Zonte, a beach town on El Salvador's Pacific coast with a perfect point break. He's 47 and most days wears a surfer's uniform of board shorts, flip-flops, and a trucker hat. A few years ago, Peterson was doing charity work in El Zonte when he says an anonymous American donor gifted him $100,000. But... It was in Bitcoin. A couple years ago, I was introduced to somebody who had a friend who had a friend who had Bitcoin that was looking to invest it in things that were improving people's lives around the world, but wanted to see Bitcoin used transactionally, not just, you know, somebody was going to cash it out to switch it into dollars. Peterson wasn't a big tech guy. I got to have my kids help me, you know, set my phone up and whatnot. But he had majored in economics in college and had read about Bitcoin. Now is probably a good time to explain Bitcoin, which, full disclosure, I didn't understand much myself when I started this story. Bitcoin is a payment network invented in 2008 that allows people to send each other digital tokens electronically. Unlike traditional currency, these tokens are not issued by a bank or a country. So far, it's largely been used for investing, not paying for goods or services, in large part because its price is really volatile. Now let's get back to Mike Peterson in El Zonte. Peterson, who leans libertarian, saw a lot of potential for Bitcoin in a place like El Salvador, where few people have bank accounts and which each year receives about $6 billion in remittances from migrants living in the U.S. He thought it was the perfect place for a borderless currency. So we started trying to distribute Bitcoin to the people of El Zonte. But they were wary. They were used to cash, U.S. dollars, which had been El Salvador's currency since 2002. 
Some of them call Bitcoin the devil's money. There was only one constituency in town that warmed to Bitcoin right away. A group of people who were already on their phones all the time anyway, and who got excited about the idea of earning and trading digital tokens. Those people were teenagers. Peterson put together a local team led by a young surfer and community activist named Jorge Valenzuela. They called their new organization Bitcoin Beach. And they began to pay teenagers in Bitcoin to work as lifeguards or pick up trash along the shore. They gave out Bitcoin to students who earned good grades in school and, when the pandemic hit, to families having a hard time financially. Soon, there was so much Bitcoin circulating that stores decided to accept it. Valenzuela tells me, watching money pile up in an online account and sometimes gain value with time was a transformative experience for many in El Zonte, which doesn't even have a bank. We were standing at the edge of the ocean where he was giving surf lessons to a group of local kids. All of them have Bitcoin, he told me. If things went well, he said, they wouldn't have to think about migrating one day to the United States like so many Salvadorans before them. He said they now have a future to dream about. Most stores in El Zonte now accept Bitcoin. Customers can pay using one of two smartphone apps created for small Bitcoin transactions. Some people really love it. They've received money and Bitcoin from family in the U.S. and have made a killing in some cases by cashing their Bitcoin out into dollars when its value is high. But others have lost a lot because they've had to cash out when Bitcoin's value is low. Some people in town say it's nothing more than gambling. After this break, El Salvador becomes the first country in the world to make Bitcoin legal tender with help from some Americans. We look at why that's raising red flags everywhere. Stay tuned. As I walk the sandy, narrow streets of El Zonte, I overheard tourists talking in English about Satoshis and blockchains. As Bitcoin Beach has attracted more attention globally, crypto heads have flocked here, excited to spend a few days paying for beers, pupusas, and even surf lessons with Bitcoin. One of these guys was Jack Mahlers, the CEO of a Bitcoin payments company called Zap. All right. Yo, you guys ready for this? Rhetorical question, there's no way. There's no way, I promise you. One small step for Bitcoin, one giant leap for mankind, I promise. I promise. Mahlers is 27 and was born into the world of finance. His grandfather was the chairman of the Chicago Board of Trade, and his father was a futures broker who turned him onto Bitcoin as a teenager. He arrived in El Zonte in February. 
Every morning he would surf, and in the afternoon, work on a new app that he was developing called Strike. It's a Venmo-like application that allows people to send Bitcoin to each other instantly, but protects them from the volatility of the Bitcoin market by freezing their money in a dollar amount. And El Salvador carried a lot of the properties that uh, made it a very interesting destination to launch. It's a country that does not have a nation-state-issued currency anymore. It operates on the U.S. dollar. Over 20% of the country's GDP is remittance. Individuals resulted one of two things, either leaving their family and leaving the country they were born in to go find work in the United States and try and send money home that involves intermediaries and extraordinarily high fees. And then on top of that, there was the Bitcoin Beach Project, which uh, was the cherry on top for me. About a month into his trip, Mahler's received a Twitter DM from somebody named Youssef Bukele. Youssef was the brother of El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele. He and Mahler's met up and bonded over a love of anime and a hatred of central bank monetary inflation. It wasn't long before the president's team asked Mahler's if he could help write a bill that would make Bitcoin legal tender in the country. Here's President Nayib Bukele announcing the change at a Miami Bitcoin conference in June. I will send to Congress a bill that will make Bitcoin a legal tender in El Salvador. In the short term, this will generate jobs and help provide financial inclusion to thousands outside the formal economy. The law was fast-tracked through Congress. It said businesses would have to accept Bitcoin by September. Bitcoin enthusiasts went bananas. Welcome back to Cryptos Are Us. I am George. We're all George. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. Bitcoin is now legal tender in El Salvador. Very first country ever in history to declare a digital currency, one that many have deemed to be a Ponzi, a scam. <laughs> what, what a day. What a, what a day. But others were skeptical. Bukele, after all, is a controversial figure. He's popular at home but has come under criticism globally after attacks on the country's democratic institutions. And what was your experience like getting to know President Bukele? It was obviously interesting. I mean, as a 27-year-old kid, you know, like getting a message on behalf of the president of a country uh, is, it's a very unique experience. Yeah, because he's definitely shown some autocratic tendencies. He basically ordered members of his party to remove members of the Supreme Court before they were supposed to leave. Other kind of signs of like an interest in centralizing power. There have been some people who have wondered, is he going to change the Constitution so that he can stay longer, which would be in line very much with kind of the history of authoritarians in that part of the world. So is that concerning at all? So my job as the CEO of Strike and just as an individual, I've been a Bitcoiner my entire adult life. And I view my job as the CEO of Strike to do right by Bitcoin. And I think Bitcoin carries the necessary properties to improve on humanity in an outsized way. And so I optimize my life around pushing Bitcoin forward. A lot of Salvadorans were mad that Bukele had first announced this major change in the United States and in English. But people like Mahler's celebrated the new law as something that would change the future of money forever.
But critics say Bitcoin's extreme price swings could devastate El Salvador's economy. There's also concerns that cryptocurrency will attract drug traffickers or other criminals because it allows people to move money around anonymously. My main concern is that these Bitcoins we're going to have, the Salvador is going to become a destination for dirty money. Ricardo Valencia is a communications professor at Cal State Fullerton and a native of El Salvador. It seems like the president, he's figuring it out how to put it together and how to execute something he doesn't have an idea what to do. And he's helped by these Bitcoin bros are interested in getting the money from the country, especially they are interested in getting the money from working class Salvadorians who live in the United States. Many of them are cleaning houses and many are peasants. And you know, I mean, in LA are humble Salvadorians who are uh, working in construction, there are mechanics, they're humble. He and others also question the motivation of those pushing the Bitcoin agenda. Maulers and others promise that Bitcoin will bring Salvadorans freedom from global financial systems. But the fact is, they have a clear financial interest in Bitcoin's adoption. I don't know if it's neocolonialism or there's more terms, but there's uh, this issue of power from these rich Americans going there to the imposed power, and there's no way to answer to that power from the communities. Back in El Zonte, the Bitcoin experiment continues. While I was there, I spent a day using only cryptocurrency. I paid for lunch, dinner, and even my room at a seaside hotel, all with an app on my phone. And I have to say, it was convenient. I never had to dig in my pocket for change. All that mattered was that my phone had battery and an internet connection. That might not sound revolutionary for people in the US where apps like Venmo or PayPal are common, but remember, in El Salvador, the vast majority of people don't have credit cards or bank accounts. I saw firsthand how it could make life easier, but I also saw how it could bring instability. I spoke for a while with construction worker Alfredo Amaya, a 60-year-old who is helping build a community center for Bitcoin Beach. He's encouraged to accept his weekly pay in Bitcoin. By early May, he had saved up the equivalent of $1,000, money he hoped to use for his retirement. Then, shortly after, billionaire Elon Musk announced that Tesla would no longer accept Bitcoin because it's bad for the environment. It takes a lot of computing power and a lot of electricity to process Bitcoin transactions. Instantly, the value of Bitcoin fell 35%, and Amaya saw a good chunk of his savings disappear overnight. He isn't sure if the rest of El Salvador is ready for Bitcoin. He doesn't know whether he wants his country to be a laboratory for this novel global experiment, especially if people's livelihoods are at risk. For Amaya, cash is still king. When he needed money for a recent emergency, he opted not to take it out of his Bitcoin account, hoping that if he left his reserves untouched, 
they would eventually regain value. So instead, he borrowed physical cash from a friend. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Next week, a week-long dive into California's Proposition 187, one of the most consequential Latino political battles ever. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn and Denise Guerra. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb. Our intern is Ashley Brown. Our engineer is Mario Diaz, and our theme music is by Andrew Eben. Special thanks to Julia Turner, Hector Becerra, Shelby Grad, Alan Zarembo, and the YouTube channel Cryptos Are Us for the audio. Our executive producer was Abby Fentress Swanson because this is her last show with us. Boo. Abby, you're an eternal chingona and we're going to miss you deeply. I'm Gustavo Arellano and we'll be back Monday with all the news and this madre. Gracias. <laughs>